Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. How are you all today? Hmm. everybody is well <clears throat> so today's topic is uh, is rather interesting uh, when the eight wind blows uh, it winds mm. so this it winds is uh, uh, what I think uh, Buddhists in many cultures have heard different suttas about it and in some cases there are even stories around it mm. so today we are going to we're going to go through one of the sutta yeah uh, and uh, we will learn more about it straight from the sutta but in brief it is uh, basically a set of four pairs or four pairs let me just check on the Okay, audio is sounding fine. And uh, okay, so if it is working, okay, good. Let me just check on the comments in case if there's anything that I need to look into. Nope. Okay, let's get started then. Yeah, so it is basically four pairs of uh, um, opposites in a way. Yeah, so it starts off with gain, loss. Um, so, of course, gain would be gaining what you want, and loss would be losing what you want. Yeah. Gain of things that you you seek, loss of what you seek. And then the next two pairs, um, the next two pairs are quite interesting. The first two is about your reputation. The next two is about people's speech towards you. According to my teacher, the these two these two pairs, the both are about what people say about you. Uh, but one, the first two pair, is what people say. Uh, in a way behind you, yeah, not in your face. That means what is generally said about you, your reputation. The next two pairs, the third pair, is what people say directly at you. Yeah. And the pair would be one which is uh, good things said about you and bad things said about you. Good, uh, pleasant things that people say about you, praising you directly at you. And uh, criticizing you, blaming you, yeah, in your face. And the last pair would be pleasure and pain. Uh, pleasure and pain. Yeah. So uh, one set, one set. Uh, so four, four pairs, and each of them have two. Yeah, pairs. <laughs> yeah. 
and then uh, one is what is pleasant, the other one what is unpleasant, what is agreeable, what is disagreeable. No? Okay, so let's uh, get started. I'm trying out this uh, auto scene switcher. See whether it works. So by right, it should uh, switch scene. Doesn't seem to switch. Let me try. So this is a feature that I I discovered about the X split. So like now it switch over, right? So sometimes when I'm explaining, then I will switch over to the, the whole scene. So instead of clicking around too much, I just have to switch windows, and then shortly after that, it will just switch over. And when I want to explain the text again, I just go back to the browser, and then. Uh, quite quickly or in a short while then you switch over no? so this is pretty nice mm. so uh, this sutta this sutta is called Loka Vipati the failings of the world um, and inside it lists out the, the eight uh, things that happen in this world yeah. uh, this sutta is found in the Anguttara Nikaya The Anguttara Nikaya is also known as the numerical discourses. Uh, in the Agamas, it's known also as uh, as Ekotara Nikaya. Uh, so there are two translations for the for this collection. One is called the numerical discourses. The other one is called the incremental discourses. Yeah. So uh, there are in the Pali Canon. There is the Vinaya Pitaka, Sutta Pitaka, Abhidhamma Pitaka, the uh, rules and regulations, the precepts, yeah. Then uh, the Sutta Pitaka, the discourses, and the Abhidhamma Pitaka, the commentaries, yeah. Uh, comprising mainly the explanation of the of the teachings. So um, then we have. Uh, within the Sutta Pitaka, five collections. The five collections are usually listed in this way Diga Nikaya for long discourses, uh, Majima Nikaya, the middle length discourses. Then the third one would be the Sanyutta Nikaya, the connected discourses. The fourth, the Anguttara Nikaya, the one we are looking at today, the numerical discourses. And the last collection, the Kudaka Nikaya, the small text. So the last one comprises a lot of series of small texts and looking at the content in the small text, the Kudaka Nikaya, uh, most would agree that uh, it comes from a later date. Yeah. So in the Chinese Mahana canon, then you, you find that there's only four Agamas. The text in the fifth Nikaya, the Kudaka Nikaya, is also found in the uh, in the Chinese canon, but uh, separated. 
so the uh, I've read before about how this uh, is probably because when the suttas were collected were uh, how do I put it when the masters from China went to India and they collected the suttas that were present at the point in time the fifth Nikaya was probably not compiled yet so the text was um, in uh, loose form yeah, separated from each other but today the, the, the sutta we are looking at is called the Loka Vipati yeah, it is sutta feelings of the world the word Loka yeah, means the world yeah, so Loka Vipati feelings of the world uh, loosely translated um, and it's from the Anguttara Nikaya book 8 yeah, book 8 sutta number 6 so uh, let's take a look the version we are using today is uh, was translated by the venerable Tani Saro Bhikkhu uh, an American monk mm. so you can find this uh, this translation from the access to insight.org I'll post later uh, so let's take a look so it starts off with the Buddha addressing the, the bhikkhus monks these eight worldly conditions spin after the world and the world spins after these eight worldly conditions so this is quite an interesting opening yeah. In some suttas you see the opening tasks have I heard. Uh, in some of the collections you don't see it. Yeah, but we usually uh, say that the, it's a matter of the, the recitation. Yeah, so they sometimes just recite the part that is the main content. Yeah. So these eight worldly conditions spin after the world and the world spins after these eight worldly conditions mm. so uh, this so there are, there are eight things in this world that uh, that in a way is active after the world and the world as a result also uh, move yeah so the eight conditions uh, is moved by the world and the world moves these eight body conditions in a way. Yeah. So what are these eight? Yeah, the so what are eight? Which eight? So the translation here is slightly different from the terms I used just now. So uh, keep that in mind that different translators may use slightly different terms. Yeah, important thing is to look at the the the, the scope itself. So the first two, gain and loss, that's the same. Uh, the next two, status and disgrace. In some other translations, we use the term uh, reputation and disrepute. Uh, so what people say uh, about you in general yeah, is basically our reputation. So whether it's good, then it's good reputation. Bad, then it's disrepute or bad reputation. The next is what people say directly at you. Uh, in this case, it's interesting because uh, I think this is uh, seem to be flipped. Huh? So you notice that the the past is good, bad, 
good bad then here bad good then good bad again yeah so I'm not sure whether the translation itself is consistent or not uh, but in some cases then they put praise and blame oh, so censure is to blame yeah. uh, sometimes they use the word criticize oh, the other one is praise so again in a pair and one is uh, agreeable, one is disagreeable, one is pleasant, the other one is unpleasant. And the last set, pleasure and pain. Or pleasant and pain. Mm. So these are the eight worldly conditions that spin after the world, and the world spin after these eight worldly conditions. Yeah. So, in other words, these eight things. Uh, like uh, move this world and this world I think in a way referring to us sentient beings uh, we, we, we hanker we go after these eight things yeah. we are moved by these eight things and that's why in some texts it's described as the eight winds of change uh, so the Buddha go further to, do, to describe Monks, this uh, for an uninstructed run of the mule person, the arise, gain, loss, status, disgrace, censure, praise, pleasure, pain. Yeah. So, uh, uh, then for a well instructed disciple of the noble ones. There also arise gain, loss, status, disgrace, censure, praise, pleasure, and pain. Yeah. So, what this uh, difference, what distinction, what distinguishing factor is there between the well-instructed disciple of the noble ones and the uninstructed run-of-the-mill person? So, this paragraph is saying that these eight things that happen in this world, uh, it happens for. Uh, the uninstructed run of the mill person. In other words, uh, it happens to those who are uh, who has not learned dharma. Yeah, the 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 Chinese we call fan fu, fan fu shuzi, fan fu. So it happens for both those who are unenlightened and also happens to what happens to the well instructed disciple of the noble ones. In some translation, it refers to the uh, well-instructed noble disciple. Yeah. So uh, here the translation is well-instructed disciple of the noble ones. So just well-instructed. Yeah. Well-instructed. So have not reached arahanthood. But in some places, it talk about those who have reached arahanthood. So the thing is that whether you learn dharma or not, whether you are unenlightened or not. Uh, or you are enlightened or unenlightened, uh, these eight things can happen to you. Yeah. So then the Buddha says, so in that case, if both can experience these two sets, uh, these sets of eight, what is the difference? Is there a difference? Yeah. What is the distinction? Is there a distinction? Yeah. What is the distinguishing factor between those who are well instructed? disciple and the uninstructed run of the meal. No? So the the monks reply, for us Lord, 
the teachings of the teachings have the blessed one as their root, their guide, and their arbitrator. Yeah. So this this statement is a declaration of their faith in the Buddha. Yeah, the acknowledgement of the Buddha as the teacher, that um, whatever is taught, they will go to the Buddha, they will defer to Buddha as the source, the root, their guide and their arbitrator. <coughs> arbitrator meaning, for example, sometimes two different persons may have different opinion about a certain thing. So who is going to arbitrate it? Who is going to come in, step in and uh, declare which case is it? And after declaring it, uh, they will then uh, accept that as the uh, as the as the outcome. Yeah. So in this case, they have the Buddha uh, as the arbitrator. Meaning, if they have any dispute about certain key points or teachings, they will defer to the Buddha. And so you see, in a lot of suttas, um, it starts off not with the Buddha, but it starts off with some monks having some discussion and sometimes not having agreement and then in some cases it's about uh, behavior some cases about views some cases about the practices yeah um, and in all cases then uh, one of them would go to the buddha to get the buddha's opinion about it or get the buddha's uh, stand about it and having heard that they would then abide by it now there are also some monks where after the Buddha has made clear what is uh, kusala, what is akusala, what is wholesome, what is unwholesome and so on, they don't agree <laughs> and they are not happy after hearing and then they walk off. Yeah, there are such cases also. Uh, but in this case, these monks, uh, they, they, they take the Buddha as the, the arbitrator. Uh, a bit different nowadays. Nowadays, sometimes uh, online or even in person, when there are some uh, questions about the, the teachings, and then it, you highlight certain suttas. Yeah, that in this sutta, the Buddha said this. So, by that principle, then by right, uh, that interpretation is right or wrong. Yeah. Nowadays, what I observe is, uh, if you cite a certain sutta and and you know it is actually from the Buddha. People may not readily accept it. Uh. Yeah. Some people may even come out with reasons and excuses, tons of it, and say that, well, but you know, that this sutta is uh, from a long time ago, <laughs> yeah, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah. And there's also some people who, uh, some time back, uh, I encountered these days, maybe not so much. They, they don't even bother replying you. You cite certain suttas to, you know, um, to highlight a certain key point. The person just ignore the, the point, ignore the sutta reference, and just continue uh, instead citing some teachers. This teacher said this, that teacher said that. Uh, so it's quite different from the monks in those days. So what else did they say? It would be good if the Blessed One himself would explicate the meaning of this statement, having heard 
it from the blessed one, the monks will remember it. Yeah. So this is something that uh, I've highlighted a few times. Uh, I'm gonna adjust it because I find that the text is the text seem to be a bit uh, smaller. Yeah. Okay. So where were we? Yeah. So the the monks explained that or replied that. Uh, it would be good if the Blessed One himself would explicate the meaning. So basically, you know, it would be good if the Buddha can explain and having heard it, that the monks will remember it. Uh, so this is also, again, very important. Uh, asking for teachings, you must have faith. And then after, you must lend ear to listen. And after listening, you must remember. Yeah, very three crucial steps to having knowledge of the teachings. It's just knowledge, yeah. And again, I want to just uh, briefly highlight. Uh, in many classes, students uh, tend to want to understand immediately. Some things cannot be rushed. I'm not saying that understanding is wrong or that it's bad. It's good, yeah, but you need to listen. First of all, yeah, you must have faith, and then you must listen then you must remember yeah? you must remember and then you can retain it and when you retain it then it is yours yeah? and after you retain it then you are able to use what, you, what knowledge you have to do reflection and that will help to deepen the understanding if while listening to the teachings we immediately try to think about it to understand then power uh, what will happen in the end is while explanation is given we are deep in our thoughts and we are thinking about different viewpoints yeah? we are trying to understand it as we are listening to it so then as a result we may miss out certain key points that is crucial to our understanding and missing that part we form our own understanding our own conclusion you know? So this is something I observe in some classes, in some students. Yeah. Uh, so from here you can you can actually see, yeah, having faith, and then listening, and then remembering. Uh, uh, so the Buddha replied, in that case, monks listen and pay close attention. I will speak. Yeah. So sometimes uh, some students ask. So when we attain no self, when we attain the wisdom of, of no self or not self, uh, does it mean that we stop using the word I? Yeah. Now of course, there's, from here you can see that okay, the Buddha also used I, referring to the monks, or uh, say, using words like you and so on and so forth. Uh, some people suggest that this is due to translation fault. Yeah. Um, but there are others who say that you know if you look at all the different text uh, it's quite evident that the Buddha spoke quite naturally yeah except for referencing himself sometimes you many times you use like third person narrative like the Tathagata referring to himself yeah so this is quite unique yeah but one uh, can perhaps uh, say uh, say that he will still refer to individuals as conventionally referred to yeah uh, the difference between the Buddha, the enlightened ones, and us is uh, they have no 
problem using those terms uh, because they are not attached to those terms they do not grasp onto those terms they are not affected by those terms whereas for us we are very yeah, affected by those terms any terms yeah, so we have difficulty using them so as you see a lot the monks responded then the Buddha started the Blessed One said Gain arises for an uninstructed run-of-the-mill person. He does not reflect. Gain has arisen for me. Yeah. It is inconstant, stressful, and subject to change. Yeah. So this is uh, so he does not discern as he discern it as it actually is. So this is for the unenlightened person. And also uh, here, the the range is quite broad. Uh, the uninstructed run of the new person. So that means ha does have not have not learned dharma. Yeah. So because he has not learned dharma, when he has gained something, he doesn't reflect. Ah. Uh, yeah. So he does not reflect. Ah, uh, important. He does not reflect that gain has arisen for me. Yeah. This is a fact. You acknowledge gain has arisen. But you also reflect further, it is inconstant, yeah? stressful, yeah? in other words, suffering, subject to change. No? So this is the standard formula, impermanent, subject to, shape, to, to change, subject to suffering. Yeah? But the order is slightly different. Yeah? So he does not discern it as it actually is. In other words, this is actually how it is, yeah? but the the, the, the person who has not learned Dharma does not discern the gain to be this way. Yeah? We don't consciously think in this way. Yeah? To reflect is to consciously think about it. Yeah? To ponder about it, to reflect, to contemplate. Like if you consider, if you get promoted, if you, get, uh, if you win a lottery, you win a lucky draw, yeah? Uh, you gain something. Do we automatically think in this way? Yeah. If we have learned Dharma, even if we have learned Dharma, maybe we will, maybe we won't. Yeah. So for most people, we, we don't. Maybe someone who have gone through a lot of changes in their life, then they may reflect in this way. Yeah. Uh, so this is the first, this is first the Buddha talk about the uninstructed run of the new person. Uh, this uh, this phrase is quite a common one in many translations. Now, uninstructed run of the new person. In Chinese, usually translated as fan fu. Uh, so, the same formula is applied for uh, all the rest. Yeah, so here, there's a bridging. So every time you read the, uh, those translations or any books, uh, usually when they have dot dot dot, uh, is a form of abridging. Yeah? So it means that the the text is actually being shortened. Yeah, it's the same exact text as before, except that one term has changed. Yeah, loss, status, disgrace, censure, praise, pleasure, pain. Yeah. The rest are all the same. So if we read through, loss arises for an uninstructed run of the mill person. He does not reflect gain. Uh, sorry, 
loss has arisen for me. It is inconstant, stressful and subject to change. He does not discern it as it actually is. So you see, it is not simply reflecting on gain, it's reflecting on loss also. So when good things happen to us, we gain something, we should reflect in this way. When we lose something, we, also, we should also reflect in this way. Yeah? Similarly for the next pair, uh, status and disgrace. Yeah? Or in some translation, uh, the good reputation and bad reputation. Yeah? Or reputation and disrepute. Yeah? So, status, I will just read according to the text, but I, as I explain, I will use those terms uh, that maybe uh, we are more familiar So, status arises for an uninstructed run-of-the-mill person. He does not reflect. Status has arisen for me. It is inconstant, stressful, and subject to change. He does not discern it as it actually is. Yeah. So, uh, the same goes for disgrace, censure, praise, pleasure. Uh, so all this, and including the last one, which is pain. Uh, the last pair is pain, pleasure, and pain. Uh, so the uninstructed run of the mill person don't reflect in this way. Yeah. Uh, instead, how does this person react towards them? His mind remains consumed with the gain. Yeah? Uh, so, the, instead of reflecting, the person cons is consumed by it. Yeah? Consumed by the gain, his, his mind remains consumed with the loss, his mind remains consumed with the status, the disgrace, the censure, the praise, the pleasure, the mind remains consumed with the pain. Yeah? So, that's not reflect. Mm. And the result is the mind is consumed with it. Yeah. So become preoccupied. Mm. You gain something, wow, you can't thinking about it. Maybe you you write a post on Facebook or talking about how good it is and so on and so forth. You lose something, you keep thinking about it, you are affected, your mood is changed, everything. And then you post on Facebook, you complain to your friend, yeah. The same goes for the rest. This is how the uninstructed uh, run-of-the-mill person is like. So when we when we learn about this, we can consider ourselves. Uh, how are we? Yeah, how are we like? Are we like that? To what extent are we like that? Yeah, we can think about it. So he welcomes the horizon gain and rebels against the horizon loss and so the, the pair he welcomes the horizon status and rebels against the horizon disgrace he welcomes the horizon praise and rebels against the horizon censure he welcomes the horizon pleasure and rebels against the horizon pain yeah. so between the pair he don't reflect on them both yeah the four pairs, he don't, he don't reflect, he's consumed by all of them, and then he welcomes, in other words, he delights in the first, yeah? again, he, he uh, welcomes, he delights in it, yeah? he wants it, whereas the pain or the loss, uh, he fights against it, yeah? 
he rebels against the laws. Mm. Yeah, is this how we are like? Uh, this is how we are like, isn't it? Uh, so, <clears throat> uh, you notice inside the this this section here. <clears throat> inside this section. He welcomes the arisen praise and rebels against the arisen censure. So here the praise comes first, censure comes later. I suspect it should be consistent. Yeah, praise will always come. Praise should come first and censure. That's very. The, uh, usually the Buddha's uh, when he enumerate a certain list, he's usually quite consistent in the structure. Uh, so I suspect this is more the perhaps the translation or something mm. but maybe I can later look at the Pali text and see yeah. so he welcomes the arisen pleasure and rebels against the arisen pain as he is thus engaged in welcoming and rebelling in other words as he is engaged in uh, craving for one and being averse to the other yeah. he is not released from birth aging or death from sorrow, lamentation, pain, distress and despair. Yes. He is not released, I tell you, from suffering and stress. So, uh, you will notice the, the last section here. As he is thus engaged in welcoming and rebelling. So this is basically the precursor to what? The precursor to greed and hatred. Yeah. And the great hatred is rooted in ignorance, delusion. Why? Because there was no reflection on the way things are. Because one does not reflect on these four pairs, these eight winds of change, these eight worldly conditions. So there's ignorance about them. There's delusion about them. And as a result, the mind is consumed with it. And one crave for uh, the gain uh, to continue, crave for the loss to end. Uh, the desire for the gain, yeah, uh, averse towards the loss. Uh, so, greed, hatred, yeah, rooted in delusion. And because of that, he is not released from birth, aging and or death. Yeah. So this aging, uh, birth, aging and death, this is what this is the last section of the 12 links of dependent origination. Yeah, and usually from there, Sen, Yen, Lao, Si, Chou, then Chou, Tan, Ku, Yu, Nao. So Chou, Tan, Ku, Yu, Nao. So Chou, Tan, Ku, Yu, Nao. Zhong, Ku, Ju, Ji. He's not released from the suffering and stress. So in, in the 12 links, then it, the standard formula is from the whole mass of suffering. Now, as opposed to the unenlightened being, then here the Buddha look at how is it like for the, for the uh, disciple who is well instructed. Uh, here, well instructed is, uh, as I said, 
in some places is the well-instructed noble ins disciple. Yeah, in most cases, when there's the well-instructed, it's the noble disciple, which means the enlightenment. Oh. So, let's take a look. So now, gain arises for a well-instructed disciple of the noble ones. Yeah, so, gain can happen for them as well. He reflects, gain has arisen for me, it is inconstant, stressful and subject to change. Yes. Again, impermanent, subject to change, subject to suffering. But here it is in, impermanent, suffering, subject to change. Oh. So the order can sometimes be different. Hmm. Uh, he discerns it as it really actually is. Uh, this is the difference. So doesn't mean that we run away from gain or because we become Buddhist, we practice, then we, we, are, we are averse towards gain. No, <clears throat> it just means that when gain occur, you acknowledge, you know that gain has arisen. It is not that, oh, those who learn Dharma, gain arise. Did you gain something? I heard you win the lucky draw. Oh, did I win lucky draw? No, I didn't win lucky draw. No, it's not like that. Wow, well, congratulations, you got promoted. No, I didn't get promoted. <laughs> it's not like that. Uh, the person knows that he's promoted. Yeah? But knows that it is impermanent, uh, inconstant, stressful and subject to change. Yeah? He reflects in this way. Maybe he knows, maybe he don't know, but he reflects in this way. Huh? And in this way then he he discerns. That means he perceives, he sees it as it really is. The same is done for loss, status, disgrace, censure, praise, pleasure, pain. Yeah. So pain arises, he reflects, pain has arisen for me, it is inconstant, stressful and subject to change. He discerns it as it actually is. Yeah. So again, the, the four pairs, or status and disgrace, is also translated as uh, good and bad reputation, or reputation and disrepute. Censure and praise, in my opinion, more consistent to be praised than then censure. So, uh, or praise and blame. So it's about speech that is said directly to you. Now the third pair, fourth pair, or the third, second and third pair is all about what people say about you. Uh, the second pair is what people say in general about you, not in front of you. But the third pair is what is said directly to you. <coughs> So for the instructed disciple, what happened? Because he discerned it as it is, that is inconstant, that is stressful, and is subject to change. So as a result, his mind does not remain consumed with gain. His mind does not re remain consumed with loss, with the status, with the disgrace, with the censure, the praise, the pleasure. His mind does not remain consumed with the pain. Doesn't mean that the person don't experience pain. Doesn't mean that the person don't know what's going on. The person know. Yeah, this instructed disciple or instructed noble disciple knows what's going on. Yeah, from the rest of the text, you see that this disciple, yeah, uh, has been released from birth, aging, and death. So should be shouldn't just be instructed disciple of the noble one, but rather instruct, uh, instructed noble disciple. 
yeah? because otherwise how to be released from birth, aging and death yeah? so uh, the distinction is such an individual yeah, doesn't stay uh, it's not consumed by it not consumed by all these things experiences it, knows that that is happening yeah, but seeing that it is the way it is that is impermanent, subject to change, subject to suffering so not not affected by it yeah. not preoccupied with, consumed with it yeah. and so towards the four pairs to the pleasant pair doesn't welcome it doesn't welcome it doesn't mean that you are not happy with it it means that you are, you don't crave for it. You are not desiring it, not desiring for it to last. Not that you're desiring for it to stay. Not desiring for it to happen again. Yeah, or rebel against the arisen loss. Yeah? So that which you have lost, you reflect. That's how it is. Yeah, uh, and so you are not averse towards it. It's not like wow, big deal, and then you get so affected, unhappy, and so on and so forth. Yeah. It does not welcome the arisen status. Yeah, it does not welcome the arisen status, or rebel against the arisen disgrace. He does not welcome the arisen praise, or rebel against the the arisen censure. He does not welcome the arisen pleasure or rebel against the arisen pain mm. so as he thus abandons welcoming and rebelling he is released from birth aging and death from sorrow lamentation pain distress and despair yeah. uh, he is released I tell you yeah, from suffering and stress so this is exactly identical except it's a different response yeah. and because of the difference in response this disciple he is released from birth, aging and death from sorrow, lamentation, pain, distress and despair from the whole mass of suffering uh, attaining enlightenment yeah, arahanthood this is the difference this is the distinction this is the distinguishing factor between the well-instructed disciple of the noble ones or the uninstructed run-of-the-mill person yeah. so this uh, pair here gain, loss, status, disgrace, censure, praise Yeah. so this is quite interesting the third pair is flipped in certain areas but likewise over here praise, censure yeah. so you notice here here is pre-censure so the the pleasant one and then the unpleasant one yeah so then it's consistent but in some other places like this then it's inconsistent again yeah so pleasure pain these conditions among human beings are inconstant impermanent subject to change now, this is a standard formula impermanent subject to change subject to suffering yeah so, knowing this, the wise person, mindful, ponders these changing conditions. Yeah. So, if you have heard about this, then you should reflect, is it the case? When you gain something, 
uh, does it last? Is it permanent? The fact that you go from not having it to having it, that means it is changing. So for it to change from not yours to yours, are we to believe that it will remain as yours forever? <laughs> Think about it. Desiring things, desirable things don't ch charm the mind. Undesirable things, undesirable ones bring no resistance. So the mind is unaffected. So even though it's desirable, yeah, the gain, good reputation, praise, and pleasure, all these are nice, right? Yeah, it's, you cannot uh, deny that all these are nice. Uh, let me see. Yeah. So, although these are nice, but <coughs> the enlightened ones, the mind remains unmoved. Yeah? Because these things no longer uh, infatuate him. Yeah? Doesn't charm the mind. Uh, undesirable ones bring no resistance. He is equanimous, in other words, towards desirable and undesirable matters. Yeah. His welcoming and rebelling are scattered. Yeah. In other words, if you bring that to the full extent, the greed and hatred put to an end. And the reason is because delusion has been removed. Yeah. Gone to that end, do not exist. Knowing the dustless, sorrowless state, he descends rightly, has gone beyond becoming to the further shore. Yeah, so he sees things clearly, correctly, yeah, know, knowing the dustless, sorrowless states. This dustless, sorrowless state is referring to the state of Nibbana. Yeah, has gone beyond becoming. Yeah, gone from the, the samsaric cycle to, the, to Nibbana. Yeah, to the further shore. The further shore referring to Nibbana. Oh, from this shore to the further shore. Uh, the, the, you know, the term parami or paramita to go to, to cross, to go over to the other shore. Oh, and with that, this ends this sutta. So, uh, when when we share this, uh, we have to bring in one funny story. Yeah. Uh, in in China, long time ago, there was this person. I think is Su Tongpo. Yeah, so he is a Cai Zi. Yeah, he's a scholar, very talented person, and he has learned some Buddhism. He has learned Buddhism. Yeah, maybe some would say quite a bit. And so, uh, it is said that at some point he stayed across some lake or something. Yeah, so. And then there was this uh, Zen master across, and one day he he wrote this verse, yeah, Fong Cui Butong, and then he asked his Su Tong to send it over, yeah. So his attendant brought it across the lake, show it to the teacher, to the master Zen master, and then the Zen master uh, flip it around, yeah, and then wrote something on it and then uh, scroll it back and say return to your master, your teacher uh, to return to your master that means your uh, return to Sutong Po so the Sutong brought it back <coughs> and then Sutong Po was like so what did the master say? He said, oh the master didn't say anything the master just wrote 
something on on the back. So he quickly show me, uh, open up, look at it, fang pi. Oh, got him really upset. So he went over and then asked him like, "Oh, I this this is like that he is a scholar and he is so talented. He has learned so much of the Buddhism, you know, when he makes such a declaration, how dare he, you know, scold him and tell him off saying, you know, fang pi, fang literally saying like you let win yeah so but it is uh is in chinese language it's like a reference to what you say whatever you said is air coming out right so now he's saying that what you the air coming out is like the fat f-e-r-t <laughs> hmm. so it is a denigrating expression like basically holding what you say in contempt you know, saying like, ah, what kind of nonsense, rubbish yeah, something like rubbish yeah, so uh, Sutong Po was like, really upset then the Zen master said Ba Fong Cui Bu Dong Yi Pi Da Guo Jiang yeah do you all get it? I think most of you have heard this story before yeah yeah, and it is it's so amazing, right? Because uh, the two of them are actually you can see that they are linguistically very talented. Uh. On the spot, you can just come up with poetic verses. Yeah, that means the eight worldly winds. Yeah, referring to this eight uh, four pairs of eight that. They are like the wind because in some some texts they are described like winds that blow and causes the world to go around, right? So this Sutongpo is saying, Pafong Chuebutong, that the eight winds cannot move, cannot move who? cannot move me. Then but the Zen master wrote Fang Pi. So Pi is the fat. Send it over. Then immediately Sutongpo come over, like literally. Not just movement of the mind, yeah. Not just movement of the mind, but physically come across the leg. So, ep, yeah. One fat, da guo jiang, yeah. One fat is all it takes to get him to come over across the leg, <laughs> yeah. So with that, uh, the Zen master, in a way, teach Sutongpo a lesson uh, that your understanding, your realization is not there yet. Yeah, you are still moved by the eight winds. Not that you have not. You just think that you have not moved. Yeah. So having learned this, we can reflect ourselves. <coughs> yeah. Uh, many times when we look at suttas, the suttas talk about how the the noble disciple is like. I talk about noble eightfold path, the right way, the right way. Everything is about the right way. The noble eightfold path, right right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. Everything is about the right way. Yeah. In some suttas such as this one, it talks about the wrong way. So-called wrong way, la, but the unenlightened way. Yeah. Or maybe we can say enlightened and the unenlightened way. In quite a few suttas, the Buddha described in this way. Uh, so we can use this uh, as a self 
uh, self check, yeah, a checklist. Uh, when we when we encounter any of this, it here is gen generic terms. Uh, gain can be gain of anything, loss can be loss of anything, yeah. And then the middle four, the two pairs is about what people say about you, yeah. It does it doesn't specifically say oh what people say on, about you on Facebook, don't have to, yeah. Just you you have to learn. We have to learn to apply what we learn in our own life. We cannot expect the Buddha to, to be so specific to say, uh, uh, what Tan Lai what, yeah, Tan Lai what on Facebook was uh, criticized by so and so, uh, so Tan Lai what should do this should do that cannot. You if you if you learn the Dharma or in fact you learn anything in this way, you will never learn. Yeah, you are waiting for it to be spoon fed uh. cannot cannot, yeah. So you learn the principle and then you try to apply on your own. If you have difficulty, you can, you know, uh, maybe consult your teacher. If you like, you can also send me a message and then we, we can discuss. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I may miss some messages. You can have to write another time or you just send a reminder. <coughs> so you can use this in this way. Yeah. Go through the list, reflect. Yeah. When something happened to us, we reflect in this way. Like now COVID-19 happened, we can reflect in this way also. Yeah? I mean, for most of us, it didn't happen directly to us, but it's happening in the world. So we can reflect. Yeah? It is surely uh, not directly described here, yeah? uh, but you can look at it as something that is negative, something that is unpleasant. Yeah? So if it's unpleasant, something that is painful, like let's say because of the because of the COVID-19, then the circuit breaker. So we can reflect in this way. Yeah. Maybe we like, maybe we don't like. Yeah. Maybe it's unpleasant, maybe it's pleasant, but either way you reflect. It is inconstant, it is uh, stressful, it is subject to change. <coughs> but if that's the case, since it's inconstant, then it's a matter of time you'll change. Why am I so averse to it? If it's pleasant, we reflect it's inconstant, it's impermanent, subject to change, subject to suffering. In that case, why do I hanker? Why do I desire it so much? Why am I so affected by it that it preoccupies me? Uh, we can reflect in this way. Yeah. But we must reflect in this way before the big thing happens. <coughs> <coughs> Sometimes students say, Sufu, I try, I tried, but it doesn't work. Uh, why doesn't it work? Many times it doesn't work. Why? Because we only reflect when uh, after the fact. Or we ref we try to reflect when things are happening. When things are when when significant things are not happening, if we don't reflect then how can we expect ourselves to be able to use the Dharma when things happen? <coughs> it is like studying for exam, <coughs> like the year end exam. If throughout the whole year you don't attend class, you don't do tutorial, you don't study, you don't do homework, you don't read up, then during the exam itself, then you try to read, will it work? Definitely not. 
Olympic athletes, they don't train on the Olympic competition day. They train for four years, eight years cycles before they can qualify to represent. So by the time it is the Olympics, they are very well prepared. Yeah. Similarly, if we were to do the reflection uh, day in, day out, when something do happen, ah, we are prepared. Yeah. We are able to see that, we are able to reflect and see that ah, it is impermanent, inconstant, subject to change, subject to suffering. Uh, then, uh, slowly, slowly, not immediately, but slowly, slowly, uh, we become less, less what, less consumed by it. We become less preoccupied by it, and we 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 tend to uh, be less desiring over that which is pleasant, uh, less averse towards that which is unpleasant. Uh, so equanimity at this level <coughs> is based on wisdom not simply telling ourselves I must be equanimous uh, but because you have transcended the opposites then naturally you are equanimous uh, so uh, that's all I have for today Fang uh, Pi equals to bullshit yes <laughs> yeah. occasionally <laughs> sometimes I see uh, this monk is sometimes quite naughty. Uh. You all must pardon me. Xue uh, Jin <laughs> Zhang says, Social media got 84,000 words. Yes. <laughs> uh, sometimes, uh, what was I going to say? Ah, Thomas Lee writes, Su Tong Po. So let me see, anybody else have any comments? Yeah, so if there are no other comments, no questions, that's all we have, then we'll wrap up and then the Diamond Sutra, we should start the Diamond Sutra at 3.30. Okay, so let's do dedication. Yuan Xiao San Zhang Chu Fan Nao Yuan De Zi Hui Zen Ming Liao Pu Yuan Zui Zhang Si Xiao Chu Shi Shi Chang Xing Pusa Dao Amitabha Chi Li